You're listening to Fucks Given, the one with Kathy Keen. Welcome to Fucks Given. I'm Reed. And I'm Florence. And we are on a mission to revolutionise the sex space, break down barriers and give the lowdown on all things sexy. Every week, we will welcome a special guest to share with us their juicy details about their best fucks, worst fucks, or even the fucks that changed them. And we'll also hear your guys' sex questions and your worst sex stories. We're all about celebrating your sex. We're removing the stigma around the whole number bullshit. No matter how many people you've slept with, the number never matters because the fucks given are the fucks that made us. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you very much for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Tell uh, our lovely listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay, Um, my name's Cathy Keane. I am, I guess, first of all, the community manager for a dating app called Field. Am I allowed to say that? Oh, yeah, 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 of course you are. (laughs) Shameless plug, rinse it, we do it all the time. (laughs) Field, field. Um, I'm a community manager for Field, mainly focused upon events, um, bringing kind of like people who are interested in unconventional relationships and non-traditional kind of like sexual setups um, together in um, real life situations. Um, second of all, I am one third of a polythropple, which basically means a meaningful relationship between three people. Mm. So there's me, another lady called Nicole, and my husband, Thomas. We've been together for two years. Two years and two months, actually. Aww, mm. Lovely. Yeah. Just going back to the app, what is different about the Field app? So yeah, Field is the first app that allowed people to date as a couple. So you could like link profiles with your partner or you can date separately, but there's a kind of like an unsaid thing that you're going to be approaching sex first before anything else with your conversation and I think mm-hmm. that just gets a lot of the kind of awkwardness out of the way that you would probably find on other dating apps because yeah. a hell of a lot of people are probably looking for the same thing but they kind of like you know skirt around the issue as field yeah. is like straight to the point mm. yeah it's always kind of awkward as well because I've just started the dating app game and you I, I'm not looking for a meaningful relationship at the moment but so, so it's kind of like awkward to start the conversation like just sex yeah like how do you do it with without sounding too desperate but then also like playing it cool but also yeah. being honest yeah because you're just like i just want to fuck but if you say that the game is ruined <laughs> and they're not interested anymore because most people want to chase i think that's the difference so on field when you list desires and interests most people will say if they're interested in multi-partner sex they'll say that if they're interested mm. in kink they'll say that and then you've read that you don't necessarily need to talk about it initially yeah. you're like hey how was your day but you know this person's a kinkster or they're into yeah. the same fetish as you are and mm. i think that just kind of you actually don't talk about sex as much I don't think because you already know that you're on the same kind of like wavelength as the person you're chatting to I think I need to try out field yeah (laughs) I think even for somebody who's not interested in multi-partner relationships and sex it's if you prioritize honesty when it comes to sex yeah if you prioritize honest and open communication about things that might you know deviate away from what people perceive as normal whatever that means you know <laughs> feels a good place mm-hmm. because people are not going to judge you and be like oh you know you can say anything and people will be respectful of your choice yeah i've had to um do i just stop using other apps because if, as soon as i say i'm in a poly marriage they're just like what? yeah they and freak I spend out 45 minutes Trying explaining explain myself it. mm-hmm. yeah it's not worth it it's just time consuming and mm-hmm. i don't have a hell of a lot of it to be honest <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> busy lady yeah 
fuck number one. The last fuck. Mm, last fuck was with my husband. Um, this weekend just gone. It's pretty fantastic, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> we so this kind of sounds a bit spooky and spiritual, I guess. But we went to Glastonbury for a couple of days. I grew up in Somerset, so it's nearby to my mum's. But the main thing about Glastonbury for me is it's kind of like steeped in kind of pagan traditions and spirituality. Mm. And I feel very at one with myself when I spend time there. I've only done that a couple of times, but yeah. I said to Thomas, "Let's go away for a mini break." We've had a really mega amazing year, but not spent that much time on just me and him. You know, we yeah. were in a throuple relationship. We've got a kid, we've got jobs. So, like, let's go do this for us. For our non UK listeners, Glastonbury is a place, not just the festival. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, it's, it's quite a spiritual place, isn't it? It's all like quite like. I don't want to say hippie, but... It, yeah, there's an element yeah. of that. It's built on... There's crystal shops and lovely things. That's all there is on the high yeah. street. So the, the weirdest shops on the high street are a boots and a co-op. Everything else is indie, like um, crystal shops, healing shops. There's a witch's spell shop. It's just the best place in the world. Oh, wow. I was in heaven. Um, and it's built on the ley lines, if anyone knows what that is, which is meant to be kind of like a spiritual line between some of the world's biggest kind of like spiritual monuments. So oh. um, there's Glastonbury Tour there. It's where King Arthur and Guinevere allegedly are buried um, oh. and yeah it's got a, it has got an energy to it you know whether mm -hmm. you believe in that or not like it feels different so we went there we booked into this amazing hotel and we were both kind of we were taking walks in the daytime and just spending time on each other and we meditate as well together quite a lot but we mm. just barely get the time because we're so tired in London so we really like mm -hmm. focused on that and we had this almost kind of like ceremonial experience sexually because like we really set the room up. Um, I was burning incense and candles. I was going to say how set wow. up was this room? <laughs> yeah, we'd done like we've been we've been meditating a lot on sort of like next steps for our lives. So we'd done some kind of like intention setting together, and uh, lit some candles and some incense, and yeah, we just had this really kind of special experience, which. I think it does take that kind of time. You need to make space for it. You know, a quickie's fine when you need to get to where you're going and stuff. But as parents and as busy people, we rarely get that space. And when you yeah, do take the time and there's it. not that rush, for me, it's just so much better anyway. Yeah. And it really connected us afterwards as well, you know. Yeah, so if you're if you're in a throuple relationship, what happens if two of you go away and leave the other one behind? I mean, that's a common part of being Is in it? a three-way relationship. It's called mm. two-time. <laughs> so two-time? Yeah, two-time and three-time. <laughs> uh -huh. So, um, so two-time is when two of the people in a throuple will spend more time together. So Thomas and Nicole, when they first met, would party a lot. I'm mm. six years older than Thomas, so mm -hmm. I think... And I'd worked in a nightclub my whole life, so my partying days <laughs> had come to an end. <laughs> I really was not upset about that. But he was, you know, I was 25 when, we met him, when I met him. We had a baby very quickly, and he missed out on something that I did over and over and over again. And I said, mm. baby, you know, you need to get that out of your system, and I wouldn't want to stop you because, you know, that was my experience when I was a similar age. So mm. this is before he met Nicole. And then when he met Nicole, who's 11 years younger than me, she was still, like, in party mode so they would have like the best times going out partying drinking together getting pissed i was in heaven oh yeah I'd just sit at home i never get time to myself again because i'm a mom like i never get that like space yeah. to just have a bath without someone walking in on me or you know like read something that doesn't revolve around work so mm. that was great 
And then um, Nick and I also built like a really kind of intimate bond before it became sexual, where we would spend a lot of time talking. So often Tom would go to bed and leave us and we would just chat for another four hours after he'd gone to sleep. Or she'd take me out, which she's really good at actually. This is how it became romantic, to be fair. Mm -hmm. She'd take me out places and I was evolving on a different level because of it, because of that two time. Um, And then Tom and I would make space but our space was actually forced on us again by being in a family. Like there was times mm-hmm. when we had to be together, you know, to like look after the house, pay the bills, look after the kid. So did you start in just an open relationship and then it moved into something else? Yeah, we didn't know. We didn't even know the word polyamory when we started doing what we did. This yeah. is this is like eight years ago. We were just dead against saying to each other that commitment was the same as monogamy it just didn't feel right mm. yeah. to me as a woman as well when I heard so many other women and even myself I'd echoed it and I thought why am I even saying that like you're going to promise to just only physically be with someone for the rest of your life and it just felt like a trap to me yeah <laughs> yeah it did and I and it wasn't like I'm everyone's like oh you're scared of commitment I'm like no I could commit to this man for life and I did I married him it's like I can commit to Thomas for life I never want to leave him but sexually I just felt like so much happened to me physically when I had sex with someone else. Like, so much happened in that moment and how I evolved in a different way that I was like, how can I... Why am I going to stop that? Mm, yeah. Just because of social constraints yeah, but and also people. it's like the threat of what if it breaks us up, you know? Mm-hmm. There was so much stuff that was unknown. We, we didn't know what polyamory was. So we started just by opening together. We went to a party together. I basically fancied someone at work. He fancied someone that his friends were living with. And mm-hmm. we were like, look, we both fancy people, like... Rather than go and do it by ourselves, yet let's go to a party. So we yeah. started at the only place we knew to start, which was a sex party. And um, it did the job initially because we got to test how we felt, you know, seeing each other with other people. I thought I'd feel crazy jealous, but like think, okay, yeah. I can deal with that because I want to go pursue things myself. But I didn't feel it. It was, really? Oh my God, no. It was so beautiful. That's so interesting. What, why I do you like think I always would feel really jealous about something? I song. really, I was so scared. Well, it's such a normal feeling for us mm. to have and grow up with. Why, mm. why do you think you didn't feel jealous? Because there was no fear of loss. I really thought initially that, you know, when someone has sex, someone you love has sex with someone else, then they have to, you know, it's a game of... They have to pick one side or the other. And, you know, of course, if they fancy someone else, then that's it, you're out of the picture. But in our relationship, that's not the case. I'm yeah. attracted to multiple people of all gender identities. It never affects my relationship with Thomas, mm-hmm. you know? And I've built, like, I've been in love before inside a relationship. And I'd say I love Nicole now as well. Yeah. But, you know, and it actually, it does affect my relationship with Thomas, but so far it's had a positive impact. There's been rocky moments where we've, like, been... <gasps> This is the first yeah. time. How does it feel, you know? And but that's the same in any relationship. Like any relationship, yeah, it, has just with rocky two moments. monogamous people, yeah. like let alone. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think people are just so afraid of this concept, and I'm hearing more and more people get into it and be okay with it. Yeah. Like even in my friendship group, I've got couples left, right, and centre saying like, "Yeah, we're starting to dabble with other people," and I'd never yeah. expect that. It's yeah, just it's amazing. lovely to see. Mm-hmm. Fuck two. The first fuck. So, <laughs> I was wondering how to tell this story, not because this person <laughs> will know who they are, but um, yeah, I was I was actually quite old for someone who lost a virginity. I think I was, I must have been 17 when I had proper sex. Yeah. I'd, I'd had sexual experiences from much younger than that, but full sex was 17, mm. just... It's not old. Uh, well, I felt... Compa- <laughs> I was nearly 18. <laughs> I just think... 
because of the type of person I am, I was always very liberal and always very sexually aware that, yeah. you know, there's girls in who have been sex at 14 and 15. I just wasn't yeah. ready. And I was one of those girls who just wouldn't go until she was ready. Yeah, so, <laughs> fair enough. I was, that's good, though. Yeah, I was always very good with my boundaries. Yeah, just, that's amazing. And I hear other women, and I think it's because... Um, when I left, I left home very early. I left home at fifteen. Yeah. And everybody that I lived with, aside from me, had been abused. Everybody. Wow. Yeah. I was in a rehoming project. It's all oh, it's a long story. Blimey. Yeah. And everyone had suffered some kind of abuse. Um. And I just, and I just was like very protective of myself as a result Imagine, of it. It's yeah. like my relationship with my own family has been very different. But I can see that it's not like that everywhere. And so I yeah. started to like. <laughs> You know, be very strict with myself about that. Yeah. Long story short, there's a guy, um, he's a couple of years older than me. He drives. I'm, you know, like at the point where I'm sort of just sort of exploring the idea of leaving where I lived, which was Somerset. Why is driving such a such a big issue? Was, like he, he so hot. Drive. He's got a car. Yeah, like. it did. It was freedom to me. He yeah. would pick me up and drive me around, yeah. and he can move me outside of my immediate circle, which was the biggest <laughs> thing in the world because my world mm-hmm. was tiny. You know, mm-hmm. I lived in Somerset, which is kind of like I was flanked by fields and sheep, and just a few people that liked to smoke weed on the weekends, and that was all I knew. So this person kind of like you know sort of stuck out to me, and yeah, he was a, he was short. Um, I would say he wasn't that unattractive, but I didn't actually think, he's amazing. Mm. But I just made a very executive decision to lose my virginity with him and not to tell him about it. <laughs> oh, what? No. Is it not to tell him it was your first didn't time? Tell him, no. Do you know oh. why? I think I'm just uh, a control freak. And <laughs> and I did tell him afterwards and he straight away was like, oh, I should have controlled the experience, you know, and like it's your first time. And I thought, I, did, I didn't want that. Yeah. I just wanted it to be... I just wanted I just wanted to get out of the way, which is yeah. basically, yeah. I'm going to tell you more stories in a bit, but it's basically how I'd set my life up sexually. It was like, it was kind of like, you know, this is what you do and I'm following on with it rather than actually looking into myself and thinking this is what, you know, I want to do at this point. I was like, no, I'm 17. I should have had sex by now. Come on, we're going to do this. <laughs> so it was all very exec and it happened on his living room floor. It was very quick. Um, he wasn't very large so there was no pain I was going to say that sounds perfect for your first time yeah and actually he was a really nice respectful person Aww. and he was very kind and sweet and yeah I would. I don't remember anything about it apart from the fact that I decided that I would do it it was not his decision yeah. and he was just mortified afterwards that it was my first time because he didn't make it more special Aww. bless him oh bless Aww. that's mm. actually really lovely that's so it nice it could have been him. really much worse couldn't it for a yeah. first time yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely so how did it set you up for the rest of your sexual endeavours um I don't think that affected me as much as my own explorations with my own body and actually with women. I should have said that, actually. My first sexual experiences with women, because I was at girls' school, but I don't count that as sex because there was nothing penetrative. I didn't know what strap-on or a dildo was back then yeah. so I but we forget played. that sex doesn't have to be penetration it just depends on like what your yeah. almost like what your rules but are what, inside your what head what we're taught i guess in sex education yeah. when we're younger is sex is penetration so everything around that is like oh that's not sex yeah not sex. it doesn't feel like you're losing your virginity until that mm. moment happens mm-hmm. yeah which is absurd yeah, but that's how ridiculous. i think all most of us count it mm. Yeah. If definitely. I was a gay woman not interested in men, I would have obviously counted my first experience with a woman, yeah. but I'm pansexual and, and I did count penetrative sex as the first time that I'd experienced mm. sex, sex, I guess. Yeah. So it's down to definition. Oh, just to ask, so pansexual, pansexual, what does that mean to you, my love? It means I'm attracted to people regardless of what's between their legs. 
Mm-hmm. So I've had relationships in the last couple of years with people. And yeah, it's not been about them, like their gender. It's been about mm-hmm. them as mm-hmm. a person. Yeah. Thomas is the same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing same. that in yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it didn't really affect me um, that much. I just, it was a bit of a box to tick, which I'm ashamed of. And I moved on very quickly from that person. Um, but I I think I treated sex in the same way a lot. Like, it's just, it was a thing that you do. I didn't really get into my own pleasure until I was much older. Mm. And I pleasured other people. I got pleasure from pleasuring people. Oh. So it wasn't my own personal pleasure. And I could come by myself, but not in sexual experiences until much later in life. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of that happens for so many people. Definitely. It's so hard to come first couple of times you bang. You yeah. have to be really comfortable with the yeah. person. I didn't Even come for years all... during sex. <laughs> Literally, yeah. I was late 20s the first time I came during wow. sex. Wow. Yeah. Ten years later. I'm not surprised at that, really. Because after I had this one boyfriend that made me come really easy I think it just must have been like just a really perfect fit Mm. and then after that I couldn't come with partner for like years Mm. afterwards and Mm. I was just like that's so strange because I thought it was so easy for me because of that one partner yeah it's like the fear grows and and whatever's going on inside your mind because it's just your mind that prevents you yeah and you're not necessarily feeling comfortable I think it's like 95% of the time that women can't orgasm it's because of what's going on in their mind it's not a physical yeah. problem 100% men have to fuck my mind before they fuck my body oh, with yeah. women it's different <laughs> yeah but it's something you've just said there Florence which sticks out as well is the ergonomics because I have had a partner yeah. that I can come like every single right? time mm-hmm. and then other times it's harder it's and it's to do with it? it's to do with size and it's not the way you think probably like I find mm-hmm. it harder to come with men with big penises and yeah. penises. because our g-spot isn't that far back no. that's probably why yeah i was checking this weekend mine's like maybe an inch in yeah, when i always thought it was like a you know at yeah. least a finger width well finger length in but it's not doesn't it's it so change surprising. though during the month it can do yeah because the lumpy part for me probably. moves position depending on where i am in my mm. cycle i only noticed that in the last year i was like oh <laughs> Interesting yeah. fact. It's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Ooh, be checking this month. Yeah, then. maybe we should all get like a little diary out and <laughs> yeah. make a little note of like how far in it. Where is your G-spot? <laughs> I actually don't. I've never really done an experiment like that. It's really strange. Oh my god, you're gonna I'm have gonna to do that. Do it now. I feel like I don't know if it's true <laughs> biologically, but I've just made that. But for me, it felt in I a mean, different place. The cervix definitely changes position. Yeah, it so moves. it would make sense that other parts kind of like swell or kind of like move, move or stretch what is yours? Oh, yeah. mine's like a bit rough is that what you feel yeah like, like, yeah. like, a, like a wall, a yeah, wall definitely move position kind of during the month squidgy patch definitely. <laughs> <laughs> fuck three the best fuck that actually again was with thomas um my husband oh Oh, there's a close second. No, I'll go with the Thomas because he'll be listening to this. <laughs> I mean, you could say both. Uh, both then. Yeah, I had a really I amazing threesome as well. But um, okay, we'll talk about Thomas first. So it's a bit of a sad story, but about four years ago, we hit a bit of a rocky patch. Yeah. Um, we're actually open at the time. We've been open most of our relationship, mm-hmm. but I just changed jobs and money troubles were just... It was tough. Yeah. And it puts so much pressure on us. It really does. Oh, really. my God. It was crushing for us. And with Thomas being a lot younger, he'd not actually evolved in his career as much as I had. Well, career. I was a stripper for years and I'd made quite a bit of money doing that. And yeah. I had to come out of stripping. Wow, what a fall from grace. <laughs> 
<laughs> Jesus Christ, going on to PAYE was the biggest slap around the face I've ever oh, had. So, so painful. It was hard. We were broke, stressed. You know, we had a young child and the pressure went on and we split, basically. Um, we split for a short time and Thomas oh. actually moved on to a boat. He bought a boat rather than pay oh, wow. rent. He was Whoa. like, I'll buy a boat. And so you live very near because um, I'm in Shepherd's Bush and the boat was on the canal like um, near Notting Hill. So we were close and we were seeing each other still. Um, he saw someone else through the year and I did a couple of people too, but it was still like, you know, uh, he was my husband basically. Yeah. Um, but I just knew that he needed that space to move to the next step with what he was doing career-wise and I needed enough space to kind of like pull back and sort of like really focus on my career because, wow, I just... Uh, it, it worked, but it was very hard work. I had yeah. time for nothing else. Mm-hmm. So we both pulled away for a few months and um, that Christmas, it wasn't on the cards that we were going to reconnect then, but mm. he kind of asked me like tentatively, is it is it going to be okay to be there at Christmas? So I was like, of course, you know, we have a son. I really want you to be there. We're still yeah. family. And um, I was feeling at that time really kind of like... I wanted the distance. I was like, I need to get to this next level and you do too because this is not going to work unless financially we get out of the mess that we're in. Yeah. And um, that hardness was just kind of like softened by the whole Christmas vibe. So he came mm. round and we sat on the sofa and, oh my God, I might well up actually. Oh, <laughs> that's so nice. You have an emotional connection to oh, it. Oh, massively, yeah. Um, and I'm going to take out all the emotions so I can finish the sentence. <laughs> Basically, we ended up getting close um, on the sofa and he just said the most beautiful words to me about his commitment to us as a family long term. And we put Stanley to bed, our son, and we just had the most beautiful sex. It was just reconnection sex. And it was wow. really... And it, I think it got it got quite like heated as well. Like it did turn into a fuck, but it, it was everything that had built up and needed to be said and needed to be done came out in that yeah. one oh, experience. So it was amazing, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, we went to a deeper level that we've never actually um, come away from again, which is beautiful. Like mm. it took us to another place. And he as, was a very different person after that time apart, and so was I. It yeah. really reconnected us, but the physical side of it changed. You could feel the difference in the relationship. Mm-hmm. It became like a grown-up relationship, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> we are now adults. Yes, basically. <laughs> Should have announced that at the end. How, how long were you separated for? Um, a year, to be honest. So mm. I w- that, that sounds like it was a year without contact. It wasn't. I would mm. say probably without contact... Three months was the longest we went when it first happened. Mm. And then we were... The thing was, it's like, if we get back together under the same roof now financially without fixing the problems, we're going to end up back here again. Mm -hmm. So we made a decision not to to do that. And yeah, when the time came, it was a perfect timing, to be honest. And that year afterwards, the new year was just really good because we'd set everything straight, which is what was needed. That sounds so beautiful as well. Isn't it crazy how money problems can affect relationships Mm. so much? I mean, I have my own experience with that. That's why, pretty much why me and my boyfriend broke up recently. Mm. Because we were both especially him was in a bad like financial situation and it was just like the pressure and all that and it's just so bad for relationships mm, it, ru- it ruins it do anything together mm. and let alone with a kid as well like that's just another yeah. pressure on top of that yeah. but it's really nice to hear that you can go yeah. through a really rocky patch even be separated mm. for a length of time and yet still come back stronger than ever mm. i think that gives a lot of people who are going yeah. through going through shit hope I think it's almost necessary if you're going to be with a life partner I think some kind of test needs to happen at that level if you're lucky enough to you know not have money troubles great but I understand that it's that and infidelity are the two biggest factors that split 
oh, couples. Wow. That yeah. is so So money's up there with infidelity and yeah. everyone knows how common infidelity is. Yeah. So But it's so it's so beautiful that your best time was kind of that mm. that time where you were properly able to reconnect and like kind of get all those emotions out mm. in like one Fuck. It really stands out, yeah. How lovely! But now we're gonna have to ruin it and go to your worst fuck. <laughs> fuck number four. The worst fuck. So this is a funny story. I was like, oh, there've been so many, um, <laughs> but this is particularly bad. But not in a in a traumatic way. Well, mm-hmm. slightly traumatic, but I got over it. Oh, we want it. We want it all. Trauma and the okay. hilarity, everything. Give it. So, this was a person who's actually quite high profile. Um, who I'm obviously not going to mention any names. Oh, damn it! Can you tell us? <laughs> no, I definitely can't. <laughs> um, musician met. God, it's twenty years ago now. Um, while I was dancing, in well, so strip clubs attract many high-profile people right. and this person <laughs> well, <I'm noticing. laughs> no, I don't think they do next? anymore but they used to <laughs> and this person was just coming to the club regularly I didn't know that much about him um, as a guy um, because uh, he, his music was kind of more based in the US but I knew he was kind of a big deal and um, <laughs> he just showed interest in me although he showed interest in everyone he likes women but he really showed an interest in me and then he'd asked for my number and I didn't hear from him. I didn't really expect to, but I was a bit gutted. I was a young woman at the time. I was like, mm. yeah. It was kind of like, oh, this is so intriguing. <laughs> yeah. Didn't hear from him. And then just randomly, about six months later, I think it was, he messaged me. So I was what? like, oh, I was on the hook then. I was like, wow, he's kept me waiting this long. Six months? Yeah. That's crazy. That's long. How would he even remember? I like, don't know. That's what blew my mind. Yeah. He came back into the club just shortly after that. So I thought he's just uh... like, oh, I better message her before I go back in there. Yeah. She'd be like, why don't you call me? <laughs> So he comes back in and then like puts a bit more pressure on the situations like you should come here and we come to this show. Mm. Um inviting me to do loads of stuff. Um none of it materialized and then one night he'd invite me to go to a show. I couldn't go for some reason. I can't remember what it was. He's like maybe you want to meet me afterwards. I was like, "Oh, that old chestnut." <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, go on then. I don't care really." I was very promiscuous when I was younger, so it was no biggie to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was staying in this posh hotel in Covent Garden and um he's like, "Yeah, come over." I'd not seen him for a while actually when this happened. When I first met him, he was very trim and in good shape. And then he'd been doing this film and he had to grow all his hair out and gain weight for it. Oh. Yeah, so I arrive at this hotel. <laughs> it's so awkward because it's like, I just, oh, yeah. I, I've, I felt like I don't care about the sex, but like, I guess there was this kind of fear of being judged for like being in a guy's hotel room, being a young yeah. woman and stuff. So that was really awkward and didn't really set the tone properly. And I get upstairs and he opens the door in his dressing down of course <laughs> oh my this fat God. hairy guy who <laughs> and I was just like oh, okay I was remembering things that I liked about him first and it wasn't his looks anyway he was a good looking guy but he wasn't particularly looking his best but he made me laugh and we got on yeah. so I go in the room and I sit on the bed and um <laughs> oh god he's we were talking about everything but sex there's nothing sexy in our conversation at all it's Mm -hmm. like really kind of like not flirty at all yeah and um and then out of nowhere he says something along the lines of i don't want to incriminate him actually um not like that but (laughs) like about where he's from he said something like do you want to see how the puerto ricans do it and i was like um what what (laughs) and then without waiting for me to answer he like 
pu- so I'm on the on this double bed. He yeah. pulls me down onto the bed, so I'm like on my back, like whips my knickers off. At which point I notice that as he's pulling me into position, there's literally a spotlight zooming down oh. on my private parts, like with not the best light, not warm white lighting. Like oh literally, God. I'm in a gynecologist <laughs> situation. Oh, no. what the hell? And like literally proceeds to go down on me without kissing me or anything. Mm-hmm. So I was just like. And he's like chewing on me like I'm a chicken bone. Oh! <laughs> so I'm like, ah, 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 which he mistakenly thinks is pleasure, and I yeah. am literally in pain, like looking oh, for signs of drawing blood. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! My consent didn't kick. I shouldn't. I normally where the boundaries would have kicked in. I was like, I could tell he was doing his best, but like it was really unpleasant. So eventually, <laughs> I had to like tap him on the top of the head, and he like looks up, and I was like. I'm really sorry, but I'm very sensitive and that's a little bit too much for me. He's like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. So then, like, clambers up the bed and instead of, like, trying to talk it through, then proceeds to, like, get out of his dressing gown to have sex with me. Oh, my goodness. And wow, I really don't want to, like, I'm, I'm not, it's not like I have anything against everybody. It's different shapes and sizes. But he was very proud of himself at this point. And then he, he basically gets his penis out and... It, at, and it's rather he wasn't excited or that's just the shape it was it was like a little pyramid oh really wow. yeah like it was a chode it was like very small and, and triangular shaped huh interesting yeah and he kind very of like shows it to me yeah like look at my piece yes and then <laughs> is about to go in in and i was like <laughs> how i'm sorry i really need to go to the toilet oh no so i i stopped him jumped into the toilet which is just to the right of me and if I could have got out that window, I would have gone. Oh, it's too small goodness. for me to fit out, unfortunately. No. But I was like, literally, like, if Shit. I could get out the window, I would be gone by now. So I like gathered myself in the toilet. I was like, you're going to have to do something very brave. You're going to have to make your excuses and go, which is what I did, which is one of the most awkward things wow. I've ever had to do. I'm proud of you for doing I'm that. I'm proud though. of you wow. as well, because I don't know if in that situation I would have been able to do that. Yeah. No, but I, I was in the toilet. I've never ever thought if I could escape out a window I would before so I was like you need to say something (laughs) so I just went and I kind of it's terrible because I want to respect people and obviously if they do something that doesn't feel good you should be giving them an opportunity to sort of like understand that and learn from it but I was young and he was much older and it was really bad so I just <laughs> liked it. Do uh, well, you think the age they're going to have a lot of experience and know what they're doing? I don't know but... what he was thinking. I guess he thought I was just blown away by who he was but I yeah. was really not. <laughs> Probably. I think like power goes to people's heads too much though and then they kind of think that they don't even have to try anymore. They're yeah. just like you, like you will just love this because I'm no matter so no matter how crap I am, you're fucking yeah. Yeah. Love it. yeah oh my god, chewing me like a chicken bone. That was it hurts so, so much bad. to this day. Nothing's ever hurt me that much. Fuck number five. The fuck that made me. Okay, so um, I had a boyfriend within the marriage. Uh, a few years ago and it was actually before um, Thomas and I had our sabbatical as Mm -hmm. I like to call it Mm -hmm. Um, and I'd met him through work it's Mm -hmm. the only person actually that um, I'd ever built a meaningful relationship with that I'd met through the club and I just fell so deep in love with him. Oh my oh. god! Which really shocked me and How? Thomas. And yeah, what's that like when you're in a relationship? It was hard. I won't lie. Yeah. Initially, yeah. So what happened is I met him. He was he was having his own problems. He was widowed. Unfortunately, lost his wife mm. and um, was left with two children. And 
I think in the strip club, more than you are a sex worker, you're a therapist a lot of the oh, time. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of giving most of my customers time and space to talk. And he was just initially just another person who, you know, needed that time and space. Yeah. So I let him talk. And um, I was weird. Like, after the first time, he's actually a bit of an idiot. I won't lie. Like, he just... <laughs> Like publicly, he's got a real front. Mm. He's kind of like a joker. He's funny, makes everyone laugh. But it was kind of something that I would have found annoying normally. But I could just feel him underneath the surface. I've never had that before this time. And it was the first time I became aware of spirituality and kind of like um, like soul connections rather than body connections. Yeah. I didn't look at him and think he was particularly gorgeous initially. I just was so connected to him. And when he left, I couldn't stop thinking about him. And I mm. said to Thomas, I met someone and he was like okay and uh i told him about him initially and he didn't really take it seriously i don't think neither did i because it's like you met him once what do you know yeah anyway he came back again and came back again and eventually i gave him a dance in this dance booth and some crazy spiritual magic went down like (laughs) it was like i had an out-of-body experience almost nothing in my whole life had ever happened like that before Anyway, it, that was the kind of tone between us. Like, it was mm-hmm. very spiritual. Really big connection. It really was. It was huge. And um, before anything had happened, I told Thomas, he was like, well, have you kissed him? I was like, no. He said, have you had sex or something? I said, no. He said, well, how do you know? I said, I just do. And he goes, okay, mm. we better meet him then. So <laughs> so I brought him around. That support. That is yeah. such good support from your husband. Oh, Thomas nursed me through the back end of it, the broken heart. It was horrendous. Like, oh. Thomas has been there, the ups and the downs. Bless wow. him. Yeah, it was pretty hardcore. That's exactly what you want from your, like, what do you call it? It's not your alpha. Your, mm, what's your, the main... They're supposed, they're supposed to say primary, but I think primary. that discredits Nicole, and I hate, yeah. I hate saying that. But that's exactly what you know. Yeah, he's my life partner. He's my life partner. Or your friends, even. I yeah, helping mend that broken heart. Mm. That's so lovely. Yeah, it's been hard for him though. I think to Mm. see me go through those things. What happened when you met this guy with him? Uh, So initially, it was very good. They got on really well. They started going out and party together without me, which I was like, bonus. This is really (laughs) great. Um, But my the boyfriend did make it clear from the beginning. It's like. I don't, I've never heard of this before. I don't know what it's about, but... And he fell in love with me really quickly and I fell in love with him. He's like, I just love you and I'm going to make it work no matter what. So we had all these in good intentions. I was like, yeah, we'll find a way through because of the way we feel. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that he wanted to recreate the situation he unfortunately lost with his beautiful wife. Yeah. And I could never fill those boots, you know, because she was everything to him. And then I couldn't do that because I was married to somebody else. So the cracks yeah. appeared quite quickly and it went downhill from there. And Thomas became really upset about that as well because it just caused friction, which was mm. terrible. But to the sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first time we had um, sex, um, before this point, I would say that every time I'd had sex, including with Thomas, I had fucked. So it was about, oh. it was a very physical thing for me. You know, I, and I'd started to climax around that time as well. So I was getting what I wanted physically from it. Thomas mm-hmm. knew my body really well. And when I had other partners, especially women, like I just found it easier to climax. I found threesomes quite easy to climax oh, in. Really? That's so interesting. Yeah, I had some, um, well, only a handful of experiences, but I just found it easier because I was just, um, I was more turned on. But obviously, clitoral stimulation at the same time as being penetrated just makes it easier you know it's like using a vibrator oh yeah (laughs) so I was having great sex but I did not connect the dots between how I was feeling emotionally and sexually a lot of the time um like I said the healing experience that came with Thomas happened after this experience so I met this guy 
And the first time we had sex, the same thing happened as it did with the dance. It may have not, it may as well have not had any penetration involved. It was just like this kind of soul connection that happened. And I just left the planet as it happened. I could see colours that don't exist behind my eyes. I was like, <laughs> it was like I'd done acid and, wow. and I was having sex. And I was like, what? The, I just, crazy. I burst into tears afterwards. Wow. He burst into tears afterwards. Wow. He's never had this experience with him before either. So we were both just like at wit's end. And it was very hard for me to tell Thomas that I'd had this like experience mm. I'd never had before in my life. Yeah. And um, yeah, it just, it changed everything everything but what it did change as well is my sex with thomas just went up like three wow. or four gears afterwards Whoa. in fact the way that I connect with anybody after having that experience now it's become spiritual nearly every time so in a way that yeah he unlocked me and i unlocked him as well i think oh. that's incredible but it changed my life Wow, I want to be unlocked. I know. <laughs> Unlock me. <laughs> I had no control over it, which is so sad. And I wish I wish I knew what the winning formula was. Because yeah. I, I just came so unprepared for that. And he did too. I think it's a pain point for both of us to this day. We're not together anymore. We don't speak anymore. But it must yeah. be hard for him as it is for me, you know, to like... Definitely. To have had that and not know what it was or how to recreate yeah. it. You know, maybe I'll never have that experience yeah. again in my life that I had there but I'm glad I had it no, it yes. sounds like a, a nice physical and mental lesson though mm. for the, the rest of yeah. your life yeah as much as the heartbreak is there like, it's so worth it the fact that it did unlock you and you have had amazing sex with Thomas yeah, yeah. And everyone else needs to look out for that, like, chemistry connection with everyone so they can lo <laughs> unlock themselves. I've had, well, the one thing that has been thrown about is that his past wife spirit may be around. Mm -hmm. Someone said that and oh. it made sense to me. Um, and I have had a, a situation recently. I didn't. I did have sex with this person as well, actually. But when I met him, a similar thing happened, and he'd lost his mom the year before. So I was like, "Is there some connection? Is this a clairvoyant thing? Did I experience Ooh, this through somebody wow. else?" I don't know. That's a very woo-woo thing to say, but yeah, you know. like, don't get involved. That sounds great. Maybe they're just like in between. It's a spiritual threesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh God, not with his mom. <laughs> oh yeah, no. that. Oh, yeah, I didn't no. think about that one. <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake. So we have a question from our listeners every week and this one's this one's is this <laughs> one is after just listening to the excellent episode about Reed, I had a question for you lovely ladies. My wife and I have an amazing sex life and are always looking to try new things. We are both turned on by the thought of watching and being watched whilst having sex. We are not in an open relationship and have no intention of swing swapping. Is there a sex party slash club etc that you would recommend where this would be possible? Preferably with guests wearing a marker to symbolise experience level or level of participation, e.g. voyeurism, no swap, etc. Mm. I thought this was a good one to bring up mm. because I feel like at sex parties as well, some people see voyeurism as quite like a negative thing. When, it's intrusive sometimes. Yeah. It depends on the person, isn't it? It's like some people are like, why are you watching me? I mean, they're like... If you're going to a sex party, you have to be expected to be watched. It's generally oh, accepted. Yeah. If you're doing a scene that you'll be watched, but it's how interactive that person is. So if they just mm -hmm. stand back and it's voyeuristic, I've never known anyone have a problem with that because you wouldn't have sex in public if you had a problem with it. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Um I mean, 
Field will never host sex parties. We're just only ever going to do like facilitating events where people can connect. It's mm. not something we're going to get into. But we do support other parties that do th- that in terms of those that have the right kind of um, language to describe a situation, to prepare people for. I think with badges, and it has come up a lot in conversations that I have with other party organisers, is that it's a great idea in principle, but very often the intention that you set prior to stepping into that space might change it changes yeah without fail and it then becomes um you know a blurry line and i think that what's better instead is that you teach people that consent is not just verbal but you should be reading for physical signs as well (laughs) and that people should be prepared to go in and to ask for um permission to you know, watch if they don't feel like a, if they're not welcome there, they should pick up on that. Of course you do. If, if you're not welcome, someone's staring at you, you say, sorry, is this not OK? You know, mm-hmm. you should be yeah. better prepared to go into it. So I think if this gentleman and his wife knew that there was a party they can attend, which there are multiple parties, I would say kink parties are probably the best space for that because you get all different types of people um, pursuing different types of fetishes and mm-hmm. interests. But if you enter that space and you feel prepared to be able and empowered to be able to go and ask people, is this okay? Yeah. You know, I think that's a better space for them to go because no one would ever approach a couple and it's never happened to us. No one will come up and be like, can I take your wife or take your husband? People might come and talk to us, but no one will come with the expectation that they're going to split me and Nick or me Mm -hmm. and Tom and, and do something. So I don't think that they would have to fear that you know they can just say we're not interested in swapping but we're interested in watching and yeah that's what I would suggest yeah I mean labels are a a fun idea but you're right because you might go in with like the highest label you're really willing willing to do anything and then it comes to a situation where you don't feel comfortable to and someone's like yeah but you've got this badge Mm -hmm. I mean in in Jamaica we have necklaces which worked really well but again it people does change yeah and also people are not really sure if people really took much notice of them no in the, at the really. end. I think you just read the situation mm-hmm. yeah you gotta be smart <laughs> yeah, about it definitely but voyeurism is completely welcome in sex yeah. parties like even I mean we've been asked before like oh can we sit and watch and that's so much more almost more exciting and enjoyable if someone says can yeah. I watch rather than them just staring there awkwardly yeah. watching I remember though after we put our Jamaica videos up once um we got a comment from someone that was like really angry that I had um said that I was just gonna sit there and watch at some point in the video I must have said that um, because that was what I I couldn't get involved because I was in a monogamous relationship which Mm. wasn't open Um, and I just got these like nasty comments on YouTube what? basically saying you can't just be a voyeurism that's just like that's what? using that's using people in the community that's so, bullshit yeah they I clearly mean, don't they they don't get the whole thing they, they're just there yeah they, they've been I mean it's on a really case by off. case basis to be <laughs> yeah. honest as everything is it's very difficult to try and like shoehorn people into spaces and expect them to stay there because we're human and everybody yeah. changes so I think that's just misguided of them yeah, that was one of the labels there was a mm. label literally saying I'm a newbie or I'm here to watch I'm yeah true hmm I think maybe it does depend I, I've been to parties before with it well most parties don't have labels and it is yeah. kind of like a you, you just have to talk to them to see what their levels are and and what they might be into yeah. what they're not necessarily into there's no harm in asking being like so how how far do you yeah. guys go are you and if non-monogamous polyamory yeah I feel like if it's your first time at a sex party as well like quite a lot of first timers would have that kind of 
um, precedent at the beginning, like mm. maybe not any sex, but we just kind of kind of like fuck and check out what's happening here. Yeah, people are so respectful of that as well. They're mm. like, oh, it's your first time. Amazing. Like, welcome the, mm. to the community yeah. rather than like, oh, we're not going to go anywhere near you because you're inexperienced. It's not like that at all. Yeah. It's almost like we want to we want to help you. We want to help you in enjoy it and have the best night possible yeah. are there any sex parties that we can suggest for these people top parties in london now i would say oh the boatons a great kink space but it's membership mm-hmm. so that's not just somewhere that they could walk mm. into so crossbreed i would say mm-hmm. um which is well run and um the both parties are really good in terms of communication and sort mm. of setting a manifesto for the way yeah. that you should behave they're more inclusive aren't they very inclusive yeah and I guess people would say verboten is not as because it's membership based but I think that's mm-hmm. how they protect the community I think it's really good and I think Crossbreed yeah. they're new but they're doing a good job of making mm-hmm. sure that they protect people's experiences um, you know you just get a vibe from people and that's how they do it on the door at the yeah. moment and I can instantly straight away tell you about somebody from their vibe when I'm at a party as well so yeah. I do think there's some strength there but let's see how that evolves over time. There's like more commercial ones like Killing Kittens and Torture Garden, but they're, they've they've kind of got their own vibe. Mm, yeah, KK has been a mixed bag for us. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the first one we went to, we had a great experience, but we've since not had some great experiences too. But I think that's just dependent upon the people you meet, like every party and every yeah, bar you go yeah. to. I just think that, the communication that the um, the way that they explain their parties and the people they attract are not the same as these more inclusive body positive parties that I've been to. It just feels mm. warmer. Another really good one. They've only done one or two play parties. Is lovers and friends, mm. which is fantastic, and um, that's really like they bring people together on the basis that they're open minded. They're not facilitating sexual experience, but in that space, you can talk very vividly about what you're interested in, and people are expecting you to share on that level Mm. so this couple could go into that space again it needs it's um through vetting but it's a 15 minute skype interview with the founder and and it's worth it i think if it's going to be a safer nicer space for your first time definitely i just don't think it's worth entering those spaces unless someone has done that work for you first otherwise you have to do that with everyone you meet which is very time consuming fucking hell This week's sex story. This was actually something that got sent to us earlier today and I just thought it was really cute. Someone someone um written wrote in <laughs> God <laughs> I just want to thank you both for this goddamn great podcast and sex positivity. I had my first threesome over the weekend with my boyfriend and best mate. Oh wow. I love and trust them both and I thought fuck it, why not? It was a trip, one that I'll never forget, and it was fucking hot. Anyway, keeping it short and sweet. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Oh, that's so lovely. I was just like, wow, a threesome with your best friend as well. That's such an interesting dynamic because it's like you see, often or not, you see your best friend as like a sibling, as as a family member. So crossing that sex boundary can be quite difficult. I've never had sex with a best friend. Mm. I just couldn't. Yeah. And my best best friend, she is naughty, but we just, oh no, I just couldn't. (laughs) Yeah. And in fact, I find this a lot. Me and Nick have blurred the lines a bit, but normally if I'm in like a relationship with a guy and girls, in the past it's been like if there's a, the boys in the bed, me and me and her are hot for each other. It might not even involve Thomas, but we're yeah. hot for each other. But when he's not there, we're like night night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like turn over. See ya. Just like yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I actually had a really strange um, situation like 
probably like a couple of months ago and my friend was over and we were all sitting like quite tight on the sofa with my ex-boyfriend and there was just like I, I think I was just really horny or something that night and I just felt this like weird kind of energy there she was not a best friend mm-hmm. so it wouldn't have been totally weird but I just ha- I really was just sitting there thinking oh my god we could have sex right now it'd be so hot you didn't have sex no have you oh. told her no she, I guess she could tr- probably try and work out she'd be weird it about like. it there's also I also find People there's a difference with like yeah. webcamming because I've, I've had sex with quite a lot of my friends on webcam mm. but I don't know whether there's that element of doing it for show mm. and it's kind of the same in a yeah. in some threesome situations because mm. you're not necessarily there doing a one on one you're kind of like there in the moment mm. and putting on this display for two other people mm. so I don't know whether it I mean yeah. the showmanship is a yeah. turn on. I yeah. found that oh, when I was yeah. dancing as well. Obviously, you don't have sex in strip clubs. You just kind of like suggest, but I found it very hot being watched. Like, yes, I, and I had some very intimate, sensual experiences with other women under the watchful gaze of Ooh. strangers. You know, I found that. Yeah, it's yeah. like exhibitionism. Like, look at how hot we are and yeah. how hot we can be, and that yeah. that in itself, even if you're not experiencing physical pleasure, it's the mental pleasure. Mm. Mm. But you do end up forgetting <laughs> about the other person after a while. But that's what the trigger is initially: is that someone's watching us, and then you just kind of go off into your own little, little bubble. World, yeah. Mm. Can I ask a leading question? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Have you guys ever um, had oh, a thing good, together? Sorry. Oh. That, oh, ru- how convenient. that ruined the moment. How convenient. Oh, time's up. Okay. <laughs> Let's sign off now then. <laughs> no, we haven't. We haven't. Wait, so, oh, us two. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only time we came close was... Um, Did yeah, we ever come close? In, in Jamaica, when you were kind of like semi a part oh, of that orgy scene, yeah. but then you, you ended up leaving after you could so, hear my moans. Yeah, I was so not involved in that situation. Yeah. I mean, we, we I mean, we've lived massage, together. Massages, foot massages right next to each other. Yeah, yeah, that was almost orgasmic though, yeah. for me, definitely. But yeah. that's not the same as like actually being having like a turned on situation between no. two. No. I mean, we see we see each other as siblings. Yeah, like, it's it would a, be very weird. And we, we've had. <laughs> we've lived together so we've definitely like had sex at the same time and like heard each other moan and groan but yeah, it's not the same it's definitely short not. answer people no they've not <laughs> yeah, done it yeah. sorry to say that sorry guys we get it all the time sorry on YouTube the like are you two lesbians <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that note, it's time for us to fuck off. Oh, Thank you so much, Kathy, for you're being so here. Welcome. Thank you. You're amazing. Yeah, yeah it's too. been a hell of a lot of fun and very insightful. Mm. Where can our lovely listeners find you? You can find me on Instagram at underscore Kathy underscore Keen underscore. Mm-hmm. Or you can find more about Field and me on the Field website, oh, yeah. which is F E L D dot co. Loads of people will be signing on now. Yeah, come say hi, come meet the community. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of people out there who are open-minded looking to meet other people like you. Who who knows, you might find me on that day. Oh, yeah, baby. (laughs) Us two, they're together, ready for the threesome. We just need the... uh, We just need the other person. (laughs) The jam to stick us together. I don't know why it's jam, guys. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, guys, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Please like it, rate it, share Mm. it, do all those shenanigans. And if you have a story or a question, please write into our email, which is f KS given podcast at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, baby. And of course, you can always follow us on Instagram if you really fancy it. Yes. <laughs> well, um, yeah, we'll, we'll fuck off now. Yeah, <laughs> goodbye. Bye. 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 Love you. Bye. Bye.
In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. <laughs> 